Let me say we're beginning in the opposite place of where you would expect to begin for, uh, for the preparation for Advent. Because the people we have traditionally called the wise men or the magi uh, didn't arrive uh, until after. You know, when you have that wonderful nativity set and you put the wise men in there, they don't get there on the night of the birth, probably. They may not have gotten there. Uh, scholars say maybe within the first two years of Jesus' birth. It wasn't immediate. It was, uh, they were coming from the east. They were coming from far away. And so this seems very unusual to begin our preparation for Christmas with these wise men. And yet when I think about the wise men, and I think about the wise men in relationship to myself, not that I'm a wise man, I, uh, I think about the fact that they had to prepare for a long journey, that they didn't know what was on the far end of it, that they left perhaps at seeing the promise of the light. They were astrologers who looked in the sky and the stars told them something momentous was happening and they had a sense that a great leader was being born because of the way the constellations were aligned. But when they set out, they didn't know where they were going, to whom they would uh, be appearing, and how long it would take. So it's very possible they saw the star before Jesus was born, and that they took off long before he was born and didn't arrive until after he got there. They prepared for the long haul, these astrologers from the east, and they set out. They set out. Now, back in the 90s, I got the opportunity to, uh, when I was ordained as an elder, I got um, an opportunity to take a trip with the bishop, who right before the trip broke his knee, so uh, he did not go to the Holy Land, but I went to the Holy Land, and we saw the, the Church of the Incarnation in Bethlehem. And when, when, when the Muslims invaded, I have nothing against the Muslims, Christians have done enough themselves, but when they invaded, the only church they left standing was the Church of the Nativity, and the reason why was because that church was dedicated to the unknown astrologers from the east. Um, and because of that, they left it standing. Uh, and so it's the longest standing of um, the Church of the Incarnation, the Church of the Nativity. So it's, it's just interesting to know that in that long history, uh, they were even honored as outsiders before um, and after the birth of Jesus. The story uh, about this comes to us in the Gospel of Matthew, in the second chapter, and um, I, I'll just begin in the second chapter and I'll read you a bit of the story. After Jesus' birth, which happened in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of Herod, astrologers from the east arrived in Jerusalem and asked, where is the newborn ruler of the Jews? We observed his star at the rising and have come to pay homage. At this news, Herod became greatly disturbed, as did all of Jerusalem. 
Summoning all the chief priests and religious scholars of the people, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they informed him, here is where the prophet was written, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, since from you will come a ruler who is a shepherd for my people Israel. Herod called the astrologers, astrologers aside and found out from them the exact time of the star's appearance. Then he sent them to Bethlehem after having instructed them, go and get detailed information about the child. When you have found him, report back to me, so that I may go and offer homage too. After their audience with the ruler, they set out. The star which they had observed at its rising went out ahead of them until it came to a standstill over a place where the child lay. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and upon entering the house, found the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated him themselves and paid homage. Then they opened their coffers, presenting the child with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the gospel bar, Lord, for this morning. Thanks be to God. There are a couple of things that I think that we can learn from this story. Because I, I think the path uh, of, of expectation can lead us in all sorts of directions sometimes. When we uh, place a lot of, uh, of value on our expectations being met, what will be under the tree, how pretty the tree will be decorated, uh, when we uh, put a lot of expectations about who will show up for uh, the trimming of the tree and for the celebration of Christmas and what foods we will have and which cookies we will bake and all of those kinds of things that we have attached great value to, then sometimes our expectations are not met. We put expectations on Christmas uh, that are, I don't know, I would say misguided, but are not necessarily the things we ought to place our greatest expectation on. Uh, Christmas is probably not the, the actual birth date of Jesus. The church chose it early on. It's uh, around winter solstice, so it is, the, it, it is just after the winter solstice, so after the days get as short as they're going to get, and they start to get longer, the church chose that time to represent the birthday of Jesus, and the reason they did is because the days were getting longer and the light was coming into the world. And since they didn't know the exact date, because nobody was walking around in calendars, with calendars in the first century, checking the boxes and circling which day it was, exactly what time of the day Jesus was born, no one was in there. I can still remember when Hannah and Josh were born, how the doctors, uh, not the doctors, the nurses pestered us for a name and all of the information because they had to fill out the birth certificate before they could let us go anywhere. They wanted the birth certificate to be taken care of. They needed all that information. Well, I'm sorry, in the first century, they didn't do all of that. No one was interested in writing down exactly when it happened. That it happened was enough. And so when we tie all of our expectations up around December the 25th and 
we tie up all of our expectations about what it's going to give to us, what we're going to get from Christmas, or what we're even going to give at Christmas time, or the way the decorations will look, or the taste that will be on our tongue, we may have missed something. So what to expect when we're expecting it? What happens when our expectations aren't met? Are we disappointed? Let's look at the wise men for a minute, the astrologers from the East. They assume, because they're looking for the birth of a great leader or ruler, that if they are going to uh, what, was, uh, what we think of as the Holy Land in the first century, that the place it would happen would be the capital, Jerusalem. So they take and make an assumption. Uh, they have an expectation that if they're going to find out where Jesus is, and they don't even know it's Jesus, they just know a great leader, they figure out they're going to find him where great leaders are born. Jerusalem. Now, really great leaders, Rome. But in this little corner of the world, Jerusalem. So they go to Jerusalem. Is Jesus there? Nope. He is not. Do they give up? Do they throw all of their uh, work to the wind and say, well, we're just going home? This is not what we expected. This is not where we're supposed to be. Um, we're just going to give up. No. They head, to the, they, they head to the boss man. They head to Herod. And they say, hey, where is the newborn ruler of the Jews? Well, Herod was not particularly pleased to hear about the question that was being asked. Let's be honest with each other. You know, if you're the head of an organization and somebody comes in asking, where's the next head of the organization that you, you, you know they're on their way? And you had no idea there's a new head. It's like getting a text that, you know, you've, you're the CEO and you're not anymore. Uh, and, you know, somebody else is coming to town. Herod's not happy about it. So he calls everyone together, all the religious leaders, where is this baby going to be born? Well, it's not where you'd expect. It's in a teeny tiny town called Bethlehem. It's really kind of nowheresville. And that's where he's born. Undaunted, these astrologers leave the city and head to Bethlehem. They follow the star. Now, when I was growing up, I don't know if any of you have ever watched any of those Christmas specials with the nativity, and it's like the star in the heaven is like one of those spotlights at, at a uh, grand opening of something, shining up in a direct... You can find it by finding that light. If you know anything about the way stars work, they diffuse light in all directions. There was no spotlight pointing to where Jesus was. The sign of him was still in the, in the sky. So they took heart for that, and they followed to Bethlehem and, and searched around until this little boy, this little baby, showed up. And they were delighted. And they fell down and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him and offered them gifts. Frankincense, gold, myrrh. Things that we don't think of as all that important. And then, having been warned in a dream, they took off and went another way, went back home. It was enough to have seen Jesus. It was enough to have seen Jesus and then to head back. 
we think of these, in fact, we sing, uh, and we're going to be singing over the next couple of weeks, a uh, series of Christmas carols, one of which will be We Three Kings, only they're most likely not kings, because kings would have come with armies. They, they wouldn't just travel incognito on the road with two or three attendants. That's not how kings travel. Astrologers, sure. Kings, no. So don't think of them as kings. Think of them as you, wise men as close, I suppose. But they studied the signs and the stars, and they sought direction. They were outsiders. They were outsiders. They were not even of the people to whom Jesus was born, the Jews. They weren't Israelites. They were from the east. And it was them who figured it out, who knew that this was just about bowing down. It was enough to have seen him and move on. When I look at this story, I see a series of things. You don't always get what you expect in life. You just don't always get it. And if you tie up all of your hopes on getting exactly what you expect, chances are pretty good you're going to spend a portion of your life, maybe a lot of it, disappointed. Because it's not exactly what you thought. Everything is not exactly as it was. When I was growing up, I would always go, we would always go at Christmas time to my Aunt Jean's house, my daddy's uh, sister. And she had several trees, but her tree was perfect. It was from her that I learned the squint test. When you put lights on the tree, if you squint and there's any holes, then you have to fix them with more lights. I learned that because her trees were always perfect. And I always expected them to be perfect. What would have happened if I went one year and there was a hole where there were no lights? Oh, might as well call off Christmas. No lights there. They're not hanging in the right place. Not using the right color candles, James. It's Advent. What are you doing with blue candles? How come there aren't three purples and a pink? I'm not going to do this Christmas thing because it's not what I expected. I'm not having it with who I thought I would. I'm not doing... The astrologers from the East were adaptable. So Jesus wasn't where they expected him to be. They kept looking. But they asked some other people where to look. And when they found him, it doesn't say anything about how surprised they were that he was in a house. And that he was a baby and that his parents were poor. Doesn't say anything like that. They took what they got. Discipleship is, a, is the long haul kind of journey. When you decide to follow Jesus, when I decide to follow Jesus, it's not a, yes, come into my heart, then I can go and do whatever I was gonna do anyway. It's an invitation into a relationship. And if you know anything about relationships, they grow richer with time. If you're really attentive to them, they grow richer with time. When I look at these wise men undaunted by distance, outsiders 
who sought something that Herod should have sought for himself. Um, but they sought, and when they found, they worshipped, and they continued to live their life. They didn't build a little temple there and have to sit where Jesus was. They had seen the leader, and now they must continue to live their lives. Just like you and I, having seen Jesus, maybe not physically, but having seen the promise of who Jesus is and what he hopes for our lives, the promise of someone who loves us just as we are, who receives us and made us, is a part of the making and creating of each one of us to hold the place that we hold in this world. Seeing and moving forward is taking one step at a time as that relationship is enriched and deepened and grows. If you told me when I was 12 and I was confirmed in the church what this journey would entail, I'm pretty sure I would have not been confirmed. Even though it was cool in my home church to be confirmed, because until you were confirmed, you didn't get communion. And I always thought that was wrong. Um, and you notice we don't have that rule at St. James. Uh, but I couldn't have communion until I was confirmed. So for me, confirmation was really about getting communion. If I really look back and am honest about it, I'm not sure what I believed, but I believed that if I said yes, I could get communion. And I did. But if you had told me that at 59, this is where I'd be, I would have laughed. I would have laughed. The journey of faith takes us places we don't expect to go. The journey of faith is one where God leads the way with subtle signs that we need to be looking for in life. That maybe we're headed the right way. Or the subtle sign that, ooh, maybe we're headed the wrong way. And when we get to the wrong place, we don't need to make a big deal about it. It's not what we expected. All right. I'm going to let it go. I'm moving on. I want to be like these astrologers from the East who took a long, dangerous journey to encounter this great leader. They had no idea of his significance for them, and their lives were changed. We live in a world where we don't know what to expect next. You know, the Delta variant is on the, it's, it's waning a bit, but now there's Omicron. What is that going to mean for everybody? Everyone's worried now about that thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned. I'm saying that, you know, we can only deal with what's happening from moment to moment. Some people are like, I'm done wearing a mask. I'm not ever wearing one again. Other people are like, I'm not going to ever get vaccinated. Some people are getting vaccinated and then boosted. I mean, we can't seem to agree. We don't know what to expect next. But perhaps if we could simply start with love, if we could recognize that life is the long journey, it's never promised as an easy journey, but it's promised that there is a destination worth getting to. We will meet Jesus if we look for the signs and we don't miss him along the way.
the astrologers, the magi from the east, did not get up until, give up until they had seen Jesus. And then they went home. And they went home. I don't know about you. I don't know what Christmas expectations you already have, what you're longing for, what's not going to happen. For many of us, there are a lot of things that aren't probably going to happen this year. But in the midst of it all, dealing with it is dealing with disappointment and uncertainty and trusting that in the midst of all of that, God will give us hints and God's presence and love all along the way to get us there. One of my favorite teachers, who I cannot help but love and sit when I'm sitting in his presence, says God protects us from nothing but sustains us in everything. In fact, he doesn't say but, he says and. God, prote God protects us from nothing and sustains us in everything. As a person who's lived life, I have not been protected from some things, but I have never been unsustained. I have never been unsustained. And that is what God does, sustains us for the long haul, like God did with the, uh, the Magi, the astrologers. So in the coming week, I want to invite you to look at where you've come from and where you are and what you imagined Christmas is really supposed to be and ask yourself, is the thing you're expecting in Jerusalem when Jesus is in Bethlehem? Are you headed the wrong place? And if you are, can you change course? And whatever happens, can you roll with the punches like the Magi did? Because that will make all the craziness of the world we live in perhaps livable, perhaps more livable for you. Next week we take up the shepherds. Yes, they come after the birth of Jesus too, but you know what? There's a rhyme and reason about that. Next week, you can expect to sing some Christmas carols, too, uh, as a part of our experience together. One of the things we do every week when we gather is, is pray. And, of course, one of the great things um, um, that uh, come to us live We're invited to pray for David, who was in a car accident yesterday. Uh, he's home, bruised ribs. Um, I discovered this morning, uh, because the internet at our house was out, that meant our phones were out all day yesterday at the house too, I discovered this morning there was a message from Donnie on our, uh, on our home machine asking to call her back. Um, I didn't know because we didn't have internet during the time she was calling, which is unfortunate. I suspect she was calling to tell me David was in a car accident. Um, but we know now, so let's keep David in our prayers. Let's uh, be in prayer for the children who'll be receiving our angel tree gifts. 
um, some of which I think have appeared under the tree over here. These are not just, uh, you know, uh, gifts that we are trying to, you know, they'll do, they're not just props, they're real, and they will uh, really, uh, um, they will really, something will happen. Next week they go to uh, the children that will get them. Um, let's continue to keep in prayer both Linda Jett and Patty Malhoyt, both of whom are uh, residing in long-term uh, care facilities. And uh, Linda is being well taken care of, Linda Jett. Uh, Mark was regaling us with some stories this morning about how Linda is doing and how attentive her caregivers are. And Patty, I think, is doing all right as well. So let's continue to uh, keep them in our prayers. You know, in this season, there are a lot of things uh, that are happening all around us. Um, we've just come out of that season when we say thanks. Uh, I hope that Thanksgiving was a day for you to be able to say to God and to one another, thanks, thanks. Whoever your Thanksgiving was with, and if it was by yourself, thanks. Um, we'll begin our prayer uh, in silence, and then I'll pray out loud for us, and then we'll pray the Lord's Prayer, which will be on the screen. A version of it will be on the screen behind me. You can pray the version behind me, the version you know, in the language you know, whatever you wish, but that's how we end our prayer time together, is um, with the Lord's Prayer. Let's enter into a moment of silent prayer together. Gracious and loving God. In this moment, we just try to catch our breath. We've celebrated Thanksgiving, many of us. And now it's the, it's the marathon till Christmas. That feels like a sprint. Uh, all of these expectations we've tied into this season and and the miraculous feeling, the, the magic of Christmas we talk about. And we don't know uh, exactly what to do with all of that magical feeling. And sometimes the expectations we have don't come to fruition the way we expect. We head to Jerusalem when you're appearing in Bethlehem. Surprise. You are constantly surprising us. We are Sure, we know who you are and where you'll be. And you show up somewhere else as someone we don't expect. And that is, uh, that keeps us on our toes. But it also allows us to, in our surprise, be ambushed by you with your infinite love for us. To be caught off guard and to fall in love with you 
again and again. Lord, we've heard the requests that are brought before us. There are, uh, we, we pray for David and his car accident yesterday. We're so glad that he's home and that he just has apparently bruised ribs. Uh, we pray that you'll be with him. We also uh, pray for Linda and for Patty uh, in their long-term care facilities. We pray that your hand of blessing and encouragement will be upon them. And we're thankful for the givers of care who take care of them. We pray for all of those this Christmas that will receive gifts of varying kinds uh, and for those who won't knowing that you love us all. Uh, our value to you is not measured by the gifts we discover. We pray for those who will receive our angel tree gifts. We pray that in this season, we'll be just a little more loving, a little more patient, a little more kind, that the words we say will be words of encouragement and hope and that we will uplift one another in this season. And we won't worry about what words people use to greet us, that instead we will simply love the greeter and hear from them the words of greeting in the spirit they're offered. Lord, it is so humbling to recognize that you, the maker of the universe, would be born among us in a backward, tiny village 2,000 years ago so that we could look at and know that you bless the human condition, that you love us human beings and the world and form that matter matters. Thank you. Thank you for all of this. Thank you especially for your son and help us to prepare ourselves in this season of expectation and help us to expect the unexpected in this season of expectation and pre be prepared knowing you'll sustain us. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of your son, Jesus. And we pray now the prayer he modeled for us saying, our father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.